Welcome to the Odds On Podcast, Cheltenham Edition, the first of a two-part series focusing on the greatest show on turf, with a second episode to be released next week. Here we're going to talk about uh, days one and two of the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, we've got an excellent interview coming up with FreeBets.com brand ambassador Tom Bellamy in the middle of this podcast, and I'm delighted to be joined by two excellent guests for the show. Uh, first up, I'm joined by resident horse racing tipster on FreeBets, Alan Kelly. Alan, how are you doing? Yeah, fine, uh, fine, Joe. Um, apart from a few technical hitches, uh, everything's great now. Looking forward to, to the festival starting in uh, what, just over a week now. Yeah. And secondly, another resident tip start on free bets. I'm also joined by Charlie McCann. How you doing, Charlie? I'm fine, Joe. I wouldn't pass the vet, but myself, but now in good form. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Right, let's dive into the first day of the festival. Um, and of course, let's begin with the feature race on the day, which is the champion hurdle. Uh, Alan, I'm going to come to you first. Do you think uh, Constitution Hill is a good thing or is there a chance we could get a proper race here? Um, I think the answer to that is probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've only got one one slight doubt about it. I mean, obviously, you couldn't fail to be impressed with what it's achieved so far. The only thing is, um, it's never actually been tested yet. Mm. I mean, it's, it's... uh, shortest winning distance is 12 lengths so far. It's just a question of, you know, is anything in the champion hurdle capable of asking it a question? Or is it just going to be another case of strolling home like it has so far? Um, I mean, I remember a horse of uh, Michael Buckley's a few years ago called Finian's Rainbow. And uh, I mean, it was a cracking chase. It won seven out of 14, including the Queen Mother Champion Chase. And it always travelled well in its races, but often when it came to the crunch, it was it was found wanting a few times. I remember in what's now the Ballymore running that in 2010, it, it was absolutely cruising two out. Mm. Ended up finishing fifth behind uh, one of Donald McCain's uh, Peddler's Cross. And so you, you just never know until a horse has actually tested what's left in the locker. Yeah, at the moment we just don't know, but you know I just hope in the champion hurdle that's something maybe sits could be state man could be something else, but just actually asks asks that, that question you know yeah what, just what's left I mean sometimes it can be deceiving a horse can look as though it's absolutely full I mean you know look at Archie Ball for instance yeah yeah a horse can look as though it's absolutely full of running but once it comes under pressure that's that's the crucial time I would just love to say that happened in the champion hurdle. And yeah. then we can really find out whether it's the real deal or not. Do you think State Man can get him off the bridle? Well, is he good enough to get him off the bridle? You know, I mean, it's done absolutely. Put it in perspective. I mean, it won the county hurdle last um, last year's festival. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, I mean, that's a million miles away from winning the champion hurdle. But it's done absolutely nothing wrong. And I mean, it beat Honeysuckle Fair and Square in the Irish version. Um, it's obviously a credible challenger. You know, whether whether it's capable of getting Constitution Hill off the bit, who knows? Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, so same question to you, really. Um, uh, do, do you see State Man as the biggest danger? Um, do you think the front pair have this between them, or is there anything else you're sort of looking at? 
No, the, the front pair have got it between them, and it's really only a one-horse race now. I would think you know, Constitution Hill is is a bit of a freak. When you hear Henderson suggesting that um, nobody is good enough, you know, and this is Henderson's yard at Seven Barrows, a, a stable full of extraordinary talent, and they've got and they they've not got anything uh, to, to work with him. He's that good, and you've got to remember this time last year before we went to the Supreme, he was talking about well, we don't know how good he is because. He doesn't work that um, uh, impressively. That that is no longer the case, and you know you I'd, you wonder now whether they'd be thinking about something on the on the flat. But uh, after the champion hurdle, but no, I, I think Stateman is a very good horse. You remember he had I like to move. I think we was only giving him a pound twenty lengths behind in the county hurdle that Alan's mentioned last season. He's a very 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 good horse, um, but he's not Constitution Hill. And it, it, to me, and it's not a two-horse race. It is arguably a one-horse race, and State Man should finish second. And the, the race really is on for third. And, and uh, who fill that uh, that position? Well, I was just going to ask about that because I like to move. It was quite impressive in the Kingwell uh, last month. Do you think he could sneak into third, running on late, maybe? Um, it it would, could, could be very late, as you say. He's got twenty lengths with State Man. Vauban to me would be. I think they'll come home in 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 betting order. I think uh, first constitutional, second state man, third uh, Vauban. I think it's as simple as that. The British, you know, I think the British will have. You know, obviously they're going to have the winners at the festival. I think this is the absolute banker for them. And uh, no, I think uh, I think they'll come home in in um, in batting order, as it were. And uh, Vauban to be third. I, I like to move it. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't think. Um, that is quite good enough. The Kingwell, with respect, I know the the, the race before that he was very impressive on his on seasonal reappearance. The second one was on on ground, maybe slightly softer than ideal, but the most important thing was up to two and a half miles. He's a good horse. He's improved, but I think Boban will will finish third, and I like to move it probably uh, just behind him fourth. Yeah. Okay, so the uh, first day kicks off with the Supreme Novice Hurdle, a race that often sets the tone for what's to come. Uh, Fasil Vega was set to go for a short price favourite for this uh, before getting beat at the Dublin Racing Festival, where he finished fifth of six. Is that run forgivable, Charlie? Um, and can you believe he's as short as 11 to four off the back of that? Yes. I mean, everyone can be forgiven one race. As soon as you, you just saw the, the ashen face of Mullins afterwards when <laughs> I asked about I mean, he knows it's horse racing and anything could happen. No, he didn't expect that. And it's very rare that, that somebody who is, uh, as well as a magnificent trainer, very politically astute, he doesn't criticise his jockeys. Um, he was lame as well, Fasil Vega, for a week after uh, the Dublin Racing Festival. I think you can uh, forgive it. I think the best form on offer is the, when he beat Ilita, uh, um, he beat the winner at Christmas. He beat him four and a half lengths. I think that is the best form on offer. My heart wants uh, Marie Nationale to win. But I think only Captain CB is the last horse to to have won the Supreme with such a long absence to overcome. But, um, you know, Connections do think that this is a good horse. He won despite, you know, he's a grade one winner, albeit I don't think the, the form of the Royal Bond is working out very well. But he won despite the ground. It was soft ground on his, his last start. It's just the absence is a slight concern. Again, a batting order to me would be one Fasil Vega and two uh, Marine Nationale. 
Heart says Marine National, but head very much says Fasil Vega. He will be ridden not as aggressively as well. I think that that is a, a Dublin Racing Festival, yes. sorry, a, a festival preview. I heard saying somebody in the yard said he'll be ridden handy, but he will not lead and he will not be as aggressively ridden as was the case at Leopardstown. That's it. Yeah, I think um, Willie said that he he rode him like it was a machine, and he's he said he's not a machine. So I think that's probably going to be the big difference. They're going to drop him in um, and then just have him tracking the pace. Um, so it should work out work out perfectly for him. Uh, just with Marine National, do you think, um, to me, I just see him as like a sort of like a chaser down the line. Do you think he's got the the, the pace to, to win a race like this? We'll soon find out. He's going to be... He's yeah. going to be ridden chilly, you would imagine. He'd be ridden cold out the back. They think he's got, you know, the pace. And again, connections say they, they've had good horses and you've know, got a good horse in the in the Ballymore as well the following day. But they, they reckon they haven't got anything as quick as this. Ground is key to him. I think, he, you know, he's a good ground horse. He didn't jump that partic- particularly well in the Royal Bond, but that was out of soft ground. It's, it's possible. He is the machine. He is, you know, he is. a con- People say there won't be another Constitution Hill from last year. Maybe if there is, rather than Fasil Vega, there is Marine Nationale. But again, I just think Fasil Vega may be more of a grinder. And I think if he takes it up two out, I think Marine Nationale may do well to struggle. You know, he would struggle, I think, to get up uh, up that hill and past Fasil Vega. Fascinating outcome. Uh, uh, and again, something I, I can't have any of the British horses in. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, Alan, how about you? Yeah, well, it, I mean, it's going to be an Irish winner. It's just a question of which one. Um, I mean, I'm in the Marine National camp, both head and heart. Yeah. Um, I think um, I think it's Royal Bond, even though the form hasn't worked out that well. Um, I mean, Barry Connell said it didn't like the ground that day. It's much better on better ground, which it's, it's almost certainly going to get. And um, for me, it's done absolutely nothing wrong. Um, Obviously, there's excuses for Fasil Vega last time, but I don't know, are they, are they, are they making too much of an excuse out of it? Mm. Um, and, I mean, the other one is high definition as well. You know, I mean, favourite for the derby at one point. Um, you know, I mean, you, it's a fascinating race, but I think it's a race to... I'm going to leave until nearer the time because yeah, it's it's a race where bootmakers try to... You know, the, there's so many special offers on this race. I think a few years ago, William Hill were going the first eight. Um, you know, obviously they want, you know, they want they want the business for the first race, and there'll be there'll be lots of special offers leading up to it. And at the moment, I mean, there's so many um, there's so many questions about what's actually going to run as well. Yeah. You know, the likes of Gaelic Warrior Lechea, and so I think one, once the race starts to take shape and we know what's running, and you know what what special offers bookmakers are going to give, I think that's the time to take a closer look at it. Yeah. But at the moment. F- at the moment, for me, it's Marine National. Marine National, yeah. Um, that's sort of what I've been looking at, because this Imperate Pass is going to go for the Ballymore, I think, and so is um, Gaelic Warrior. So I was just um, looking at... I just want to know your two thoughts on um, Hunter's Yarn, who um, won really impressively at Navan, um, obviously trained by Mullins as well, um, and not the first string. But I just thought it's about 14 to 1. Do you think that's quite a big price, or...? Would you look elsewhere for sort of an each way? 
One thing I would say about the Supreme, I, I think I think they've got their batting order. I think Willie Willie thinks and and really things like the fact that Gaelic Warrior <clears throat> is going for the two and a half mile. The fact that Impere Pass is going, having won the Moscow Flyer over two miles last time, suggests to me that they don't think they can beat uh, Fasil Vega over two miles. The real Fasil Vega, the Fasil Vega that they see. Yeah. Every day. Talking of Lucia, one thing I would say, um, uh, Nico de Boinville insists that this horse should go, that the mayor should go for the Supreme. But um, I, I've been led to believe that she will run in the grade one at Aintree, a take on the boys there. But she will not. She will definitely run in the Mayor's Novice um, this afternoon. But uh, sorry, uh, at Cheltenham. But at Aintree, she will take on the boys. But with the proviso, probably you would imagine that, of course, Fasil Vega or the winner of the Supreme will be kept very much for punches down rather than entry. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the next race of the day, the Arkle Chase. Uh, like the Supreme, it's a great race in its own right, but often gives uh, often one that gives us a great pointer towards the future. Um, Alan, El Fabio and John Bond head the market. Um, do you think this is a two-horse race or have you got a dark horse uh, lurking in there for us? Well, not too much a dark horse. I think it's a three-horse race. All right, yeah, dice that. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people forget. Um, I mean, Dysar Dynamo actually went went off favourite for the Supreme last year. Yeah, I backed him. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it, you know, it was still going well when it fell. I think it was at the third last. And um, it wouldn't have beaten Constitution Hill, but I think it probably would have been second, which meant it would have finished in front of John Bond. Mm. Um, I mean, it went to Punchestown after that, and there was obviously something wrong. I mean, it finished well beat that day. The, um, I think they, they discovered a problem with it afterwards, so I think you can forget about that run. Then the first run over fences, it was an impressive winner. And then it obviously went for the Arkle at uh, the Dublin Racing Festival and took them along. It. I mean, the one thing about it is it's a, it, it's, it's a front runner. It jumps really well. It's got tremendous early pace. And there's only one way it's going to be ridden in the Arkle, and that's from the front. And... This is a furlong shorter than the, the Irish Arkle. It's going to be run on better ground. It's um, it's run on the old course. And I just think it's got a lot going for it. And it's it's obviously going to go from the front. It's going to, if it gets into a good rhythm, mm. it you could just put the jumping under pressure of the, the other two. Yeah. And, um, you know, I can see it. I can see it taking a lot of catching from the front. I think if, if either of the other two were in close proximity jumping the last they'll probably outstayed up the hill but um yeah i mean i think you know i think it's a three horse race but for me it's probably the value of the three yeah what did you make of um john bond's performance at warwick uh definitely underwhelming yeah um it'll be interesting calico runs tomorrow at doncaster um i just think that was a bit of a fluke mm. um i mean it, it was it was unhiding to nothing really you know um, but you know you have to be concerned that it, you know, that definitely wasn't the same John Bond that won at Sundown the time before. Well, um, if Coleco can nick a couple of lengths on him, you think what can Dysart Dynamo do? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Charlie, do you think the English will take this with John Bond, or are you looking to the Irish? I still, I do think it's a two-horse race. Um, yeah. I can't have Dysart Dynamo. I thought he was... Uh, Alan was... Uh, I think... He, well, you backed him, Joe. I, did you think he was going well three out when he uh, fell? I certainly didn't. Uh, no, um, I wouldn't say that. I, 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 I wouldn't say he... I was going to win. I'll put it that way. 
he was he, he did go off favours, of course, I think, for the um, the Irish Oracle. But um, El Fabiolo is 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 my horse, and I thought he should have beaten John Bonner to Aintree last year, only for being interfered with, and then he missed out the you know the last that mistake he made, and it was a four out or three out uh, leopards down, and I sort of given up on him after that and for him to still come you know clear of his field as you say can if you could if you could get Dysart Dynamo maybe to rein back and keep some that's obviously but he couldn't in the Supreme last year he couldn't a Leopard Town uh, in the Irish Oracle I think if I think El Fabiolo is the best horse in the race and I think he should go off favourite and I think he should win yeah, is there any concerns over his jumping, or do you feel like he's improving with each run? Sort of? Well, there's only eleven fences at Leopardstown, and as you say, he clouted, he clouted it, and it wasn't a sort of two pound mistake. It was no. a five or seven pound mistake, and he still picked them up. I know, appreciate it once further, and Dysart Dynamo did run with the choke out. When you see how far things like Flamebearer were beaten, and how far Saint Roy was was back, you know, Saint Roy's got a, a big chance. They, they say in the Grand Annual. And they were they were you know twenty lengths behind San Rafael when it fell at uh, halfway, so he must have been going some incredible you know split, yeah. but El Fabiolo he couldn't go fast enough for him, and to be able to sort of pick him up I thought was hugely impressive. Like Alan said, I think the word underwhelming is how you would say about sort of John Bonner, and of course until he's taken on the Irish novice chases we won't really know. He was beaten again. Some people say he was beaten twenty two lengths by by. Um, Constitution Hill, and we now know that it probably isn't that bad form. But you know, it, that was an underwhelming performance. I don't think anyone thought Constitution Hill was going to win by 22 lengths. I thought if you beat John Bond seven or eight or whatever, God, he, he, he's a machine. Did John Bond act on the track and Cheltenham? And again, we'll soon find out. It's it's the vagaries, but it's very much El Fabiolo for me. Yeah, well, uh, just before we leave that race, what's um, what's your thoughts on John Bond? Do you do you see him as a big danger to El Fabiano, or are you, are you really confident on El Fabiano? Oh, of course. I mean, El, John Bond beat El Fabiano at entry. Yeah, and uh, is me saying, of course, he did. He did badly interfered with three out. He did make the mistake at the last, but he got upsides him. And John Bond, who I think is a bit of a grinder. Yeah. Rather, you know, I think he, and it wouldn't surprise me if he went for the two and a half mile grade one at entry. You know, if he if he looks, I think he he'll get further in time. I really do. Whether he gets three miles, and again, Nicky Nicky Henderson having sort of messed around with Shishkin and kept him to two miles, and we now know that was a mistake. Whether he will he will go to two and a half miles, I think with John Bond quite quite quickly. John Bond's a hell of a horse, and his jumping has been. Sort of immaculate. I think Cal- Calico will win off one four seven tomorrow. It, um, let, let's get it right. I think I really do think he'll win it. Doncaster tomorrow. I think he bounced off fast ground. I think he's a decent tool on a flat track. He won't go to Cheltenham, but again, he'll probably go to something like the Red Run at Aintree. John Bond's an, a nailing, nailing good horse. I just do think that El Fabiolo is better than this time last year, and I think he should have won at Aintree. And uh, I, I'm in the El Fabiolo camp. Lovely. Uh, so we can't leave day one uh, without mentioning Honeysuckle. Um, she doesn't head to the champion hurdle now, but she will instead go to the mayor's hurdle and step back up to two and a half miles. Uh, the roof will surely come off if she can manage to win this. Um, to me, she doesn't seem to have the same spark. Um, I was at Leopardstown. Um, I'd have to be concerned after that. 
Um, Charlie, do you think she can uh, get home for one last Cheltenham Swan song? Yeah. <clears throat> yes, I do. Uh, very much so. I think two and a half miles good ground should be absolutely ideal for her now. I think when she beat Benny de Dieu in this race, what, two, two or three, uh, three years ago now, dual champion hurdle winner, I don't think the form, of course she's regressed, of course she's not yeah. good enough, but she's nine years of age. Quavega, when she won, when, won this race at nine, he won it, she won it rather at 10 as well. I, I, I think to be beaten by Tuhupo and Classical Dream is not bad form. To be beaten by Stateman, five lengths, I think she needs further now. Um, I think that's a two-horse race. I can't have Marise Rock. I know she won the race last year. If she goes to the Stayers hurdle, fine. Epitant's good, but you know, Honeysuckle beat her senseless. You know, in the race in the Champion hurdle last year. Brandy Love is the only danger f- for me. I think she's a better horse going the left-handed. She'll improve for that race. But um, the, the comeback run in the rate in the Quivega hurdle um, last time, when she gave nine pounds. Um, to the uh, Elliot horses, you know, he'll be nine pa- she'll be nine pound better off. This is better horse going left handed. She's the only danger. No, no, there is one last there are. There isn't last. There was this sort of, you know, doom and gloom. She's had, you know, that Benny Dejure run as well, a fantastic ride by. That's when we all thought Benny Dejure was a complete nut and machine as well. We thought she was unbeatable. And, uh, and Honeysuckle beat her. Whether you say fair and square, because I think it wouldn't have been Ruby's uh, finest. Was it Ruby or Paul Townend? Alan might know. I can't remember. Uh, Townend, yeah. It was a Townend, yeah. But no, yeah. Honeysuckle, honeysuckle for me. Yeah. Uh, Alan, what do you think to her chances? I think she'll win. But um, I'm just sad that she doesn't run in the champion hurdle. I mean, you're talking about the reigning champion, the jewel champion hurdle winner. I mean, you know... There's only there's only been a few three-time winners of the champion hurdle. He would, I mean, I know it's unlikely she would be Constitution Hill, but I just think, you know, for the horse that's won the last two champion hurdles, you know, they should give it a go. Yeah. I know I know connections are saying that that um they don't think she can win, but surely the champion hurdle isn't just about I mean, if that was the case. Why not just have a walkover or a match between Constitution Hill and State Man? You know, it's more than about whether you think you can win. I mean, if that was the case, I mean, why on earth did Cyril Griffiths run Norton's coin against Desert Orchid in the nineteen ninety Gold Cup? You know, you could probably you could probably have a whole list of horses who shouldn't have won at the Ch- at the Cheltenham Festival who did. I just think for you know for the reigning champion, she should be going for the champion hurdle again. Do you not? Uh, um... Do you not think with that decision, it's more about the trip they've gone there? Because she's got obviously going up. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Okay. Obviously, you know, I mean, she she has an excellent chance. This is her trip. Yeah. You know, she's she's not as good as she was. But I just, I still just think, as the reigning champion, you know, she should be going out in the champion hurdle, not in the mayor's hurdle. Yeah, I think that's fair enough, yeah. Um, so to end day one, rather than go through the other races individually... Um, I'm just going to ask if there's anything else uh, that's caught your eye on the first day. Um, perhaps something uh, going in one of the handicaps or a long shot um, that we've not mentioned. Uh, I'll go to you, Charlie, first on that. Um, I'm keen on um, Saint Segal. Um, and I'm also keen on Monbeg Genius if he runs in the Ultima rather than the Kim Muir. I think this is a horse that I've been really really impressed with 
He's jumping from the front last time. He beat a subsequent winner and he's gone up another eight pounds. But um, I think this is a very, very good horse. And uh, whether it's it's whether or not the... I think, you know, Conrad Shrambrilla, I think, you know, again, the Irish don't win this this race, the ultimate, um, really. Um, I think the last time they won it was something like 2006, I think, with Dundor. Um, they... I do like, I know Conrad Rambler is the sort of sexy horse in the race, won the race last year, but, you know, do look out for Monbeg Genius. And uh, also in the um, in the two-miler, in the Grand Annual, I'm, I'm quite keen on, on San Segal as well. Rated number 31, though, so may not ne- not necessarily get a run. That's the problem. She's got to get, um, he's got to have 11 horses come out. But 20 to 1, you can still get... I think with bet three six five, non runner no bet. I think that's uh, that's fair. And Monbeg Genius, uh, similarly around fourteen to one, non runner no bet. Yeah, lovely. Um, Alan, how about you? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the the best bet on the first day has to be Galliard de Mesnegli and the National Hunt. I think. I mean, you know, some will say, well, it's it's only one one of its eight runs over fences, but when you have a look at what uh, what it's been running against. I mean, it's been run against what Mighty Potter, um, the Gold Cup favourite. It's been run against La Honda Press, and it's been running well against them as well. And I think it's just totally different class to these. I mean, it was second in the Irish Grand National as well, so the trip's no problem. I mean, it's only around about the five to four mark, but you know, I just think it's got so much in hand of these. Um, but from the in the handicaps. Um, when the weights came out for the Grand National, the the the, the first horse I backed was um, Venetia Williams, Cloudy Glen. Oh yeah, I mean it. It won the Hennessy Ladbroke or whatever you want to call it now, uh, a couple of years ago, and um, it was off for over a year, and then it returned at um, Haydock last time for the Grand National trial there. I thought it ran an absolute cracker. I mean that was, as I say, its first run for about thirteen months. And um, it was up with the leaders all the way. It was only late on when it wakened out of it. And um, it's got 10 stone four on the national. I just think it's got a lovely weight. It's the right type for the race. But it's entered for the ultimate. And um, I mean, it's over four weeks before the national. So it just fits in nicely. Mm. And uh, I mean, it was second in the Kim Muir a couple of years ago. So it's got Cheltenham form. And it'll be fresher than most. And I just think... You know, it round about the 20, 25 to 1 mark. I think it's probably a bit bit of each way of value in the ultimate. Yeah, lovely. Joe, Joe, sorry. Um, San Segal runs on Wednesday, of course. The Grand Annual is on Wednesday yeah. rather than... So So my sort of... I couldn't agree more with Ramsey Dutte, that Irish national form. In yeah. the, but the one, um, that handicap... Um, I'm interested as well that Alan hasn't put in um, the Ocean Elite that... Um, Oscar Elite, yeah. Oscar Elite, rather, that did yeah. in the in the Reynolds Town. But, uh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's got a, a good chance as well. But one meg genius on his San Segal runs in the Grand Daniel, which, of course, is on the Wednesday. Yeah. Right, so that's uh, day one over with Alan and Charlie. So we're got, now going to hear from Freebets uh, brand ambassador Tom Bellamy. Uh, we sat down with Tom earlier this week to discuss the Cheltenham Festival, and here are his thoughts on the first two days of the meeting. How you doing, Tom? Very good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. A couple of weeks to go now, so getting excited. Um, now, it'll be fair to say you've been in great form since carrying the Freebets logo. Um, I thought you gave Lieutenant Rocco a great ride off the front uh, at Kempton, Kempton over the weekend. 
uh, a big price too, eighteen to one. Um, personally, I didn't manage to pick that one out. I did back you on Flying Nun at Newbury a couple of weeks uh, back, which was good. Um, she looks like quite a nice mare going forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Touchwood first and foremost. A good start to, to wearing the Freebet <laughs> logo. Um, yeah. Things have been going really well. Um, Emma Laval is obviously my sort of big, biggest source of rides, and um, it's been a quiet season for her, really. The horses haven't been running great, but um, we've sort of come through that now, and, and they're really hitting form at really be a better time. So, uh, yeah. yeah, Flying Nun was great. Uh, she's running again on Thursday, actually, at Ludlow. And then, yeah, Lieutenant Rocco for Sid Hosey at the weekend. That was a, a brilliant performance from yeah. horse who's, who's been on a downward spiral, but it's good for him to bounce back. Yeah, so moving on to the main reason uh, we've got you on here, and that's to discuss Cheltenham Festival. Uh, four days in March, quite clearly the pinnacle of jumps racing. Uh, it's quite an obvious question. Would you say is the ultimate goal for any jockey to land a festival winner? Yeah, look, it's something we all want to do. Um, to be honest, being based in England, being English, it's getting harder and harder to do. Um, I haven't managed to do it yet. I got beaten in the neck one year in the Thames for a, a small operation, Deborah Hamer. Oh, I, I hope I don't get to the end of my career, and that was my one sort of <laughs> my one that yeah. got away. But it was, uh, yeah, it's 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 hard. It's it's really hard, and, and it's hard to sort of let alone win there. It's hard to find horses to go there and get in and be competitive and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, have so, a chance, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it it is every jockey's dream, of course. Um, there's other dreams outside of it as well. Obviously, you know, you've got Grand Nationals and things like that, and uh, yeah. champion jockey, blah de blah. But um, yeah, look, it's basically in February. That's your that's your ultimate aim. Looking forward. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, I know you're probably still waiting here on a few uh, from the handicaps. Uh, do you know roughly how many rides you think you'll have this year? If I'm completely honest, it could be zero. Um, yeah. there, it, it's not. It's not a. a I won't be strong, strongly sort of in that department this year. But um, there's a couple of potentials. But um, it's very much a waiting game at this stage. Yeah. Um, okay. So taking a look at day one now, uh, with the main event being the champion hurdle. Uh, obviously, Constitution Hill is the one everyone's talking about. Um, I just want to know how highly you rate this horse, um, and would he be the one you'd ride if you had the choice in the race? Yes, uh, yeah, 100%. Um, he's faultless. He's absolutely faultless. There's nothing about him that, that could put you off. Um, from a jockey's perspective, he looks relatively straightforward ride. Um, Nick, Nico de Bomber was a jockey, actually, who, like, on those horses, he, he's emotionless and he, he makes them look, like, really straightforward. So, like, someone else might ride, he might not be, yeah. but um, he just looks like he, he jumps, he travels, he relaxes. He just does everything, and, and for me, he looks unbeatable. Yeah. Um, I know Nicky Henderson has uh, said he's quite keen to send him over fences next year. Do you think he could be the sort of horse that could come back year on year and dominate at Cheltenham? I do, yeah. I, I actually think he's a, he might just end up a better chaser again. It, it, yeah, it looks like it. I'm thinking on it. Yeah. yeah. It sounds stupid because I've just said he's unbeatable over hurdles, but like he's... That just shows how good he is, I think. You know, like you see those champion herders, you go back to the likes of Hurricane Fly, Easterbrack, all those those sorts of things. And then they're so quick from A to B hurdling and they've just got a, a certain technique, literally like an inch high off the off the floor and they're just in and out in yeah. a millisecond. Whereas this lad, he's equally as quick, but he just looks a bit scopier and he you know, when he really attacks a hurdle, he's 
he looks like he'd do the same over a fence for me. Yeah. Um, State man, obviously, for Mullins' team has emerged. Um, I've put real contender, but for me, the only contender. Um, but is there anything else in the race um, you'd mention, or do you just think it's a two-horse two horse race? I do, really. And I, and I, I like I've just said, I can't see you might get beat, but it's... Um, no. State man's probably the one to give him the most to think about. Um, you know, he's been really good this season, but beat probably under par honeysuckle last time and why was it four four or five lengths and yeah that's not the that's not the form that constitution hill's got on offer and, and they'll have to step up again if he's going to give him something to problem about i think yeah uh, so obviously the first day kicks off with the supreme and the arkle uh two great races um but also valuable with an eye to the future um is there is there a horse or two in either of those fields um you like the look of i think Fasar Vega, if you if if it hadn't a ran at Leopardstown, yeah, be odds on for this, you know. Uh, and, and I think I, I, we all obviously saw the Willie Mullins interview after, and he wasn't wasn't too happy. And um, I think I think he's now value. I think he's like eleven to four or something like that. And, and I think that's really good value now because, like I say, if, if you take that run out, I know you can say this about loads of horses, but uh, you take that run out, be odds on for this was unbeaten. Then. So. I think they'll they'll amend whatever went wrong in that race and wouldn't mind riding differently or whatever they said they're going to do. But I, I think 11-4 could, could be looking back after the first race thinking, how did that go off at that time? Yeah, I think that's the key point with it. I think they're going to change how he's ridden. Um, yeah. So I think Mullins said he, he rode him like he was a machine. He's not a machine. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's funny on that because... Look, we're jockeys, we're not robots, like we all get it wrong and whatever, yeah. but usually a machine is a compliment to a horse. <laughs> Whereas, yeah. like, it, this was, it was, like, used as, like, he's not a machine. Before yeah. that, like, you look at him saying, he is a machine, but, like, it was just, uh, uh, yeah. no, he is in a different sense, he is a machine. But, he, um, yeah, I'm sure, like, Paul will, Paul will know better than anyone what he's going to do. And, yeah, I think yeah. if he does run his true race, it'd be very, very hard to be. It's a strange one because he's sort of around, like you said, 11 to 4, 3 to 1. Um, I can easily see on the day, like the confidence coming for him and then going off yeah. sort of 7 to 4 almost, really. And what would he have, what would, what price would he have been if he'd have won at the left side? I know it depends on how he did it. Probably oh, um, odds on, isn't it? More or less, wouldn't it? I yeah. think I think before the race, he was around 6 to 4, wasn't he? I think before. Yeah, something like, yeah. So I think, yeah, he might be even for someone like that. Like that. Yeah, you, you put put that into perspective. It's a massive price. Yeah, definitely. Um, so to oh no, I've got to talk about it. yeah. So it looks as though we're on for seeing honeysuckle in the mare's hurdle. Uh, one yeah. last one song before retirement. Um, Nikki Henderson's come out and said Marie's Rock is going to go for the stayers now. So I think that makes that race even oh. easier. Um, right, I didn't know that. that I mean, I don't think it's confirmed, but I think he's definitely leaning towards that. Um, Think he was on racing TV earlier today. Um, yeah, well, that, that obviously makes it a lot easier, a lot better yeah. chance for her. Um, so I agree with you. Like, um, I went to I went to Dublin and saw her, and um, for me, she just didn't look in the same form. Um, she was beat before it looked like she was beat. If that makes any sense, like I never really felt confident. I backed her in the race. I never felt confident throughout the race. Um, yeah, and it's it's interesting because. A couple of times when she's won, she's she's looked 
like she's been, she does it whatever. Yeah. No, I've just watched her this year. It's just, it's not yeah. been easy watching if you're only Tuckle fan. It's just, she's under, she is under underperforming in my opinion. And look, Henry de Bromley is no better man to, to get her back to her best if, if that's possible. Yeah. Um, but it's like, this is, this is obviously the afterthought for her. Yeah. Um, the race. And it, it's almost like everybody thinks, oh, she's going for the mayors instead. Uh, boring walkover. It's yeah. not at all, and like no, she, she'll yeah. still have to be, she'll have to be not her very best, but she'll have to be right up there. And yeah, I think for for me, I think still think Love Envoy is a massive, um, massive player in this. Any yeah. rain obviously would, would increase chances and you know things like that. But it's a hard one to judge at this stage. We're two weeks before. We don't know what the weather's going to do. So it's looking like it's endlessly yeah. dry. So you know that what will be will be. And if any rain did come, it would probably help honeysuckle as well. To be honest, so. Well, I was I, say, I think, do, you think do you think it's more a case of the um, the trip, which is why he's going for that race as well? Yes, yeah, I really do, and it, and it, I'd say it's not scraping the barrel, but it's as I said a minute ago, it is an afterthought, and it's like yeah. we might have to go a bit further for this man because things are happening too quickly for her over two. Um, it might just, and it does, you know, from a, a jockey perspective, it's. When you ride a horse over a further trip, sometimes it just does slow everything down. They breathe better, you know. They just find everything. They're jumping a bit easier and things like that. And if, if that works for her, obviously she's going to take an awful lot of beating. I just think there's too many question marks about her at the moment because sometimes with horses they get on a downward spiral. That That's it. Stop. I think from a price perspective, I just think she's she's going to be over bet because it's. People think it's the easier race, but like you said, that's still got some uh, good mares in there. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, so on to day two, and the feature being the Chapman Chase, uh, a race with an Ergamine and Edward Stone at the head of the betting. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, the Alan King runner? Yeah, well, uh, first and foremost, I know he had a bit of lameness there a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I believe he is over that. And yeah, that was in, uh, Alan came out and said that, and um, yeah. I think that was after his challenge, but he's um, he's through all that now. He's, he's, he's exercising as normal. I yeah. imagine he'll have a, a school next. Um, yeah, all systems go, I believe. Uh, everyone seems happy with him. Robin, Alan's assistant, rides him every day and, and seems happy enough. And, um, you could sort of tell in his mood, actually, you know, the yard at how Edward Stone is. So uh, yeah. he was smiling <laughs> yesterday morning when I was there. So all systems go, I believe. Nice. So, um, would you do you think you'd be confident he'd reverse that form from the Clarence House with uh, editor DG? I mean, he looked like he was going to beat beat him on that day anyway. Yeah, I do. Um, look, he's probably a bit of an underdog in that sense, editor DG that day. And I don't know. Like, I spoke to Tommy Cannon after, and he was kicking himself saying, oh, "I gave him too much rope and this sort of stuff." And I don't. I, I sort of said. I don't think he did actually. I thought he gave him a great ride, and, and he got yeah. into he got to the front, you know, up the run, and he, he got to the front. It wasn't like he, yeah. he never got there and he was flying home yeah. or anything like that. So I, I I didn't didn't read into that too much, but it kind of turned into a bit of a dogfight. Um, maybe it was sort of a case of everybody thought it was a two horse race, you know, and he got off on the front end, and, and they never saw which way he went. So it won't yeah. be the case at this time. Um, I wrote I rode for Kingy that day. Somewhere else, and I spoke to him after, and I said, "Oh, I had to stand around while well, you know, shame to get beat, or whatever." But he said, uh, "Yeah, no shame to get beat. I was delighted to get beat by the Moors if it was anyone, but I won't be too worried come March." 
that that tells you the train of confidence anyway. Definitely. So my next question was, do you think Everstone uh, will go off favourite for this? Uh, he's, he's still around 15 to 8 now. Um, or do you think the Irish will pile on an ergamine? It depends what happens on the first day, really. Um, yeah. Which, to be honest, worryingly could be a bit of a whitewash. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, I think an ergamine will go off favourite and I think perhaps will take the pressure off Everstone a bit and, and he might just sort of slip up the radar a little bit one for, the, one for the English there I think okay. yeah I think I think we could we could be needing it a bit so yeah hopefully yeah um, so we're round off day two is there anything else uh, sticking out in the handicaps that you've seen or any potential rides um, I did uh, Red Rookie is that could that be a ride yeah or? yeah that could be yeah, yeah that's what I've got written down here actually yeah oh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah so he's he's very much a maybe at this stage uh, we would need some rain yeah I love this horse, like it's no secret at all. Um yes, but when I when I joined Emma I was um he was sort of the, the one that was the, the standout, you know. I just loved him and he was a novice hurdler at that stage, but he's actually only won a novice hurdler and a novice chase since then. So he we had a bit of bad luck along the way. Like he fell at Ascot one day, um he fell in the Arkle. He was running really well in the Arkle, one or something. I don't know, he might have been fourth. Definitely would have been fifth at least. Um He's running a cracker on, on good to soft ground and he's a bit of a mudlark really. So hence that's why he's only a maybe at this stage. He, he would need some rain. Yeah. Um, I'd imagine if it was genuine good to soft, probably would go and take his chance, but soft would be ideal. That was Tom Bellamy speaking about the first two days of the Cheltenham Festival. And you can hear his thoughts on days three and four in the second episode of this podcast. <coughs> We've heard what Tom thinks about day two. And now it's time to get the views of Alan and Charlie on the second day of the meeting. Uh, we'll kick off with the feature race, the champion hurdle, uh, what will hopefully be a fascinating renewal this time around. Charlie, it looks like England versus Ireland here with Edward Stone and Inergamine. Uh, do you favour one over the other? Yeah, I do. I fancy Edward Stone. Yeah. Um, I thought he was very mighty impressive in the, um, the article last year. Uh, I think you can forgive the run at uh, last time out at Cheltenham uh, in the, the <clears throat> rescheduled um, Clarence House chase. I think he'll improve from that. Um, an excellent run of Editor De Geet, of course, too, because I thought Ed, uh, Edward Stone would win win a, a length, length and a half when he when he came to his courses. But, you know, he, he saw him off very well. But I, I do think this will really, you know, Edward Stone. And I, I was... Unimpressed with Energamine. Um, it didn't win a particularly great renewal last year, if you remember, when um, uh, Shishkin pulled up, Shakan Poussois fell. Um, and, you know, he's, he's a, I think he's a slightly better horse as well, Energamine going right handed as well. So for me, it is Edward Stone and again, another one for the Brits um, in the feature race. Yeah. Um... Actually, talking to Tom Bellamy, because um, he, I think he rides out uh, Alan Kings, he said um, Edwardstone actually came out lame after that race as well, um, which I didn't actually know about. I don't know if that was made public or what, um, but I thought that was interesting. And, and they said he's sort of back to his best at home now and uh, raring to go. So I think that's another, another plus to his chances as well. Um, Alan, what do you think of the race? Well, I've got all my eggs in the Edward Stone basket. If, <laughs> if, uh, if Edward Stone doesn't win the champion chase, uh, you know, I think I'm, I'm in for a poor Cheltenham. 
Um, <laughs> I just think Edward Stone's victory in the Tingle Creek was one of the best two-mile performances I've seen in recent years. Um, I mean, I know Grenatine didn't boost the format in the the, um, the game spirit at Newbury next time, but that wasn't the real Grenatine. No. I mean, back in third, back in third was um, Shishkin. In fourth was Gentleman to me. They've both gone out to win grade ones this season. I mean, that was just so impressive at um, at Sandown. And again, last year's Arkle. Um, the defeat in the um, the Clarence House last time, I thought it was interesting what Ruby Walsh had to say. I thought he got it spot on. He said, obviously, Edward Storm was held up and came from well off the pace. Yeah. And he said, in, in normal circumstances, you would expect the leader to weaken then and Edward Storm to go. But he says, Edward had actually stayed on quickened again on the run in. So I think Edward Stone it, it used his run up, and then there was just that just got out battled in the the last few uh, last few strides. Yeah, I mean as well as backing Edward Stone uh, to win the championships, I think I'll also be backing it for the distance as well. I mean there's bound to be a boom maker. So I mean I, I, I can say Edward Stone winning by a fair way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've just got written down here in my notes about the old course. Will it suit editor De Geek, uh better? Because it's more of a speed test. It's 133 yards shorter and on better ground. So do you, do you think that will come in into it? or? No, I think it'll suit Edward Stone uh, yeah. even better. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good to hear. I mean, I can't, to be honest, I can't find any negatives at all with Edward Stone. Poss- well, possibly the only one is it did have a little bit of a setback, but evidently that was something and nothing. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, but look, everything points to Edward Stone for me. Looking at the prices as well, they're both uh, 15 to 8 right now. Um, do you think it's going to depend on what the weather does as to who is going to go off favourite? Um, obviously, if we avoid the rain, do you think Edward Stone will go off clear favourite for that? Well, I think it should go off favourite. Yeah. Because um, surely yeah. Ergamy need, needs a bit of rain, I think, to make this a race. Yeah, I think of the two, I think it, it's better suited by uh, cutting the ground. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if the if the forecast anything to go by, we're unlikely to get it. But, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Charlie, do you agree with that? Well, I think the I think Blue Lord might finish second. Um, but he just he just wasn't himself um, at the Dublin Racing Festival. I was really impressed with it over um, over Christmas. Um, less so Ergen Erg, I mean, this white fence nonsense as well really was sort of you know, disappointing coming on the back of Facil Vega as as, as well. Um, the forgotten horse that we're talking about a, 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 again, maybe Nubi Negra as well. You've got to make it was well beaten and thrashed by um, editor de Geet in the um, Desert Orchid over Christmas. But you know, he's six pound better off. He finished second in the Champion Chase two years ago, albeit a very poor. It put the kettle on wins it. I you know, but he probably should have won that. Dan Skelton says they've got unfinished business as well. So I I'm not convinced the danger to Edward Stone is an ergamine at this stage. I think it may well be Blue Lord, a rejuvenated Blue Lord, or at a bigger price. I do think Nubi Negra, who as long again, Nubi Negra as, as you know, that was on soft ground as well. On the twenty seventh of December, he's got to have you know he could he can't have it fast enough. He was very impressive on his seasonal reappearance in the in the Schler Chase as well when he had his ground. He may be the forgotten one, but 
um, I, what I'm not as confident as dial a distance, Kelly, over there. Um, <laughs> I, I do think it's Edward Stones to lose, but um, yeah. no, I don't think it is a match, though. No, I think Blue Lord and Nubi Negra may well finish in, in the places. Yeah. You think Blue Lord will go for it, though, Charlie? Rather than Ryanair, you're suggesting, of course, that through the defection of Alaho, that yeah, yeah, there is every every chance of that. But then they may think, well, you know, an ergamine is not the machine Mm -hmm. we want. And the same way you're saying about the mayor's hurdle versus the champion, you know, with respect to the Ryanair, the Ryanair is not the champion chase. True. And right. uh, we, we, if if the re- Blue Lord of Christmas turns up and, and convinced that that is that is a horse that is that was a performance good enough to get in the frame, and he just wasn't himself for whatever reason in uh, the beginning of February. Um, but I sorry, I, we're going round in circles here. I think we both fancy Edward Stone. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the market does. Um, because I, I think that will gather momentum. I think he'll go off shorter than, than he is now, 15 to 8. Um, so kicking off day two, we've got the Ballymore Novice Hurdle, uh, a race that looks wide open this year. Um, Alan, the Paul Nichols train, Herm, Hermes Allen is the only real British challenger here, uh, looking down the long way down the list for another one. Um, has this horse impressed you? Um, is he your idea of the winner? Uh well, the horse has impressed me, but it's not my idea of the winner. <laughs> I think this is another one that will go to the Irish. Um, I mean, I'm just, I, I know that the horse that did beat in the Charlo came out and won a decent race at uh, Sandown next time. But I think overall, the, um, it's, it's the, the form, the value of the form isn't that strong. Um, I mean, when it won at uh, Cheltenham, it beat that horse of um, Twist and Davis's by about 10 lengths. I think it was beaten 37 lengths by Good Land over at the Dublin Racing Festival. I mean, for me, Good Land. Oh, uh, is, um, in court, was it? Yeah. 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 Good Land for me is the form horse. I mean, that was a cracking race at uh, the Dublin Racing Festival. Yeah. I mean, it won it comfortably. Um, you know, for me, it sets the standard. And um, value wise, I mean, it's five, it's five to one. Hermes Allen's nine to four. I mean, I would have them a lot closer together. Um, but again, I mean, probably not going to be a two-horse race, but it's difficult to know. I mean, they've got Facil Vega at five to one. It's obviously not going to run. Mm. Um, you know, Gael- Gaelic Warrior, obviously, it's improving a lot. Uh, but, um, you know, it's going to find this tougher than um, than winning the handicap. Uh, I just I just think Good Lord is the form horse. It's the one to beat rather than Hermes Allen. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Charlie? <clears throat> Of the I'm I'm within Pere Pass here. Yeah, uh, I think if he wins the Moscow Flyer over an adequate, I know he's got to improve. There's no question that the, the form of of Good Lord's win, oh, albeit over two six, remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it, at the Dublin Racing Festival, you've got a horse sort of dropping slightly down in trip, and then the Moscow Flyer winner going up in trip, but he did, it was his first rate, first win that I thought in Pere Pass looked at, you know, he, he was well, a furlong and a half to go. They missed out the last hurdle for whatever reason, low sun or whether it'd been uh, <clears throat> damaged on the first circuit. But the, the, 
you know, he put about 15 lengths between him and on the field. Okay, you know, it's a maiden hurdle. And of course, the, you know, they don't want to, most of the, you know, other horses aren't trying particularly because of course they know that this this is a very good horse. It's in it's unbeaten. We don't know how good it is, but he would be the one for me. Again, I couldn't agree more with Alan's uh, praise of Hermes Allen form. Paul Nichols doesn't have horses run it. Is you know his Cheltenham Festival horses run at um, Stratford in October. So this horse has really has surprised them. Um, it was visually very impressive, and yes, the, the horses have who we beat in the Challow have come out and won, but they've won noddy races. You know that they, they, they haven't won anything of any substance, and. I do think, you know, Paul is, you know, the eternal optimist, but even he would have to say, I think this horse has taken him by surprise. Visually very impressive, you know, great performance last time. Visually, I don't know what he beat. And uh, I think it will go to the Irish again. And rather than this guy, I don't think it'll be Barry O'Connell's um, and the heart and the head in this instance, say, in Imperial Pass. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um Barry Connell, though, he seems so confident, don't he? And he's in he's two for the Supreme and obviously Goodland for this. He, yeah. thinks, he thinks he's going to have a double. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He, he we, can, we can all talk a good game um, at this stage. Um, and, and he's, you know, he's he's had good horses in the past. He, he does think the Marine National is the fastest horse he's ever had. And this, <coughs> this is a rock, you know, he'd won grade one hurdles in, in Ireland impressively and you 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 can't you you can't ask for any more than that i just do think that you know and i i would suggest to, to me goodland should be the one that goes off favorite yeah but well, it's that's gonna be fascinating because if if now wins the supreme you'd think it will get really really back for this I, I don't, and if Ireland have sort of wiped the floor with the British in, in say, the Supreme, as we we think as well, with will of course then confidence behind uh, uh, Hermes Atlan will that will that dwindle as well? And if Willie's had a good day on the Tuesday, will you know in Pere Pass then be well backed? It could. It wouldn't surprise me if 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 the three of them, you know, go off around about eleven to four each of three um, yeah. on the day. Uh, I I do think I'm not convinced Hermes Allen will go off favourite. No, uh, just one last thing. Um, I'd like to get your view on Gaelic Warrior. Um, just about him jump, jumping out to his right. Do you think that's gonna gonna be an issue? Yes. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, a, simple, it's, it's it's as simple as that. I mean, he 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 should have won. Um, I mean, he should have been disqualified as, as much as anything as well last last year. Not that you know. But I mean, he took out about three coming to two hours or three hours was it in in, in the um, the Boodles last year when beaten by Brazil. Yeah. But he, you know, surely punches down Ascot, Sandown, you know, Fairy House. They're going to be his tracks rather than Cheltenham, Leopardstown. And no, he you know he's obviously a top top class horse. Yeah. But so, sorry, I, I don't think you could you can afford to give um, that amount of ground that he will. I mean, he jumped some of them a bit straighter. Last time, but you know, towards the end, pressure, was, as soon as he came under pressure, he was tr jumping at right angles. The last, the last couple of flights. No, I, think, I can't have it. It's really talented horse there yeah. going forward. Well, it would be something if he could jump a fence. You, you would wouldn't mind him winging round um, <clears throat> Sandown and Ascot 
um, Sandown and maybe a Tingle Creek or a Henry the Seventh Horse uh, next season. But he wouldn't be for me. I don't know what Alan thinks. Yeah, it wouldn't be for me either. I mean, it, um, it's it's form definitely isn't as strong. I mean, it, it, you know, one impressive bit of the handicap there, the Dublin Racer Festival. I mean, I still think it's, you know, it's it's got a good £7 at least um, to make up on um, on Goodland. Yeah. Um, OK, then. So next up, we've got the Brown Advisory Novice Chase, um, a race perhaps still best known as the RSA. Um, as it was called for years. This is often a race where future Gold Cup contenders can showcase their ability. Uh, Jerry Colombe is currently the 9-4 favourite. Um, there are one or two concerns over the ground, um, as perhaps he'd like it softer. Uh, but then he did win the Silly Isles at Sandown on good soft ground, um, over two and a half. He should be suited uh, by going up to three miles here. Um, he's unbeaten, three, over three, uh, three from three over fences. He was two from two over hurdles. Two from two in bumpers, even one he's point to point. Um, Charlie, do you make him the one to beat in this? Yeah, without any question, he is the one yeah. to beat. I can't have Time Hill for love the money. Um, and I backed Time Hill at um, Chel- at um, Kempton, rather, in the Corso Star. Uh, that form is 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 not worth not worth a cup of tea. Um, I, he's Jerry Columbus is the one to beat. I'm going to. I'm going to back. I haven't backed it yet. I'm going to back Sir Gerhard. I know he's only jumped about seven fences in public and he went through the middle of one of them, but he's a point-to-point winner. He's a dual Cheltenham Festival winner. He's, by all accounts, schooled very, very well. Um, I hope Willie's not putting square pegs in sort of round holes with this, but I, I do think that this is a very, very talented horse. You know, and the heavens opened last year when he won the, the Ballymore. Um, if you remember, and he, he the way he travelled all the way through that. I, I looked at that race at um, Gorin or Thales, wherever it was, when his chase debut, and I, I thought that the ground he made up and, and his jumping, apart from that one, you know, shuddering error, was, you know, and I hope that, you know, the race should have taken the, fr- uh, the freshness out of him. Jerry Colombe is a worthy favourite and whether he or the mighty Potter will go for the Gold Cup in 2024, I don't know. But I've just got a sneaking suspicion that despite his inexperience, Sir Gerhard has got Cheltenham form. Willie wouldn't put him in the race if he didn't think that he was a good contender and I think he's got real class. Yeah, so so from a price perspective, you just think at five to one, you, you, you've got to back him. It would be for me, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alan, how about you? Well, this is one where I'm going to totally disagree with Charlie. <laughs> That's good. We want that. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the Time Hill camp. Um, I mean, Sir Hart, yeah, obviously, tremendous horse at its best, but just feel it's had one run over fences, and that was in a three-horse race. Just, you know, I would like to say a horse with a bit more experience over fences going for a race like this. I mean, Jerry Colombe, obviously, it's done absolutely nothing wrong. And it it looked to need every inch of that two and a half mile at Sandown last time. I mean, for me, Bal- I tipped and backed Balcor Coastal. And I, for me, it was the winner all the way until uh, jumping the last. And so, obviously, three miles. But again, I think Jerry Colombe's going to be better on soft ground. Um, but I mean, time Hill, I mean, you know, none of these will be capable of winning the stairs hurdle. Um you know, Time Hill, you know, 
been a top-class staying hurdler for a number of years now. When it got beat off McFabulous at um, Newbury, I thought, well, that's it. It's going to go back to hurdling now. It just isn't a natural. But when it won the um, Cato start, Kempton, I mean, it was like a different horse. Um, and I just think it's, it, you know, it, it's got the stamina. It's, it's got it's got the speed. If it jumps, if it jumps at Cheltenham the way it did at Kempton, I think, for me, it's the one to beat. Are you worried um, with, obviously, Tom O'Brien's missing the festival now? Yeah, in... that's right. Yeah. Who, who, do we know who, who will replace him, do you think? Yeah, so, I mean, they did... They... They did announce who was going to ride it up. Um, oh, they've they announced it already. Um, but sort of, he's got to know the horse, hasn't he? Because obviously, like you said... Well, I think it's a fairly straightforward ride. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, think, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... I don't think that... Um, I don't think the jockey will be a problem. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything else in that race um, you want to touch on? Or should we move on? Well, the real whacker. Does anyone want to say anything about the real whacker? Ad- admirable horse would have to be below par. You know, the, yeah. In my opinion, some of the horses would have to uh, under underperform um, for the real. Uh, but I mean, it jumped from beautifully when won at Cheltenham on New Year. A- absolutely terrific performance. Um, that was t- two four. <sighs> Yeah, again, he he probably does need the good ground that Jerry Colomb will be praying for the rain for. But uh, no, maybe you know, maybe if Time Hill, as Alan says, is 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 the sort of I just do don't think he'll jump well enough. I must say, if I'm I'm think it's going to be a sort of you know, if all the weather forecast suggests it's going to be sort of fast or sorry, not fast ground, but it's going to be good ground as well. But no, I think Jerry Colomb. Um, versus Sir Gerard, another for the Irish, I'm afraid, for me. Yeah. Um, so day two rounds off with the bumper, a race that's probably just as important uh, for the future as it is finding the winner on the day. Um, Alan, have you got your eye on anything in this? Um, or one for the future, possibly, going over hurdles next year? Yeah. I mean, for me, um, it's it's the race that I would... I very rarely have a, a bet in the bumper. Yeah. Um, because it's just such a difficult race, uh, you know. I mean, most of them have had one or two runs, but in, information-wise, it's probably the most informative race at the festival. Mm. Because year after year, the form seems rock solid. Um, I mean, I was looking at the betting the other day. Out of the first twelve horses in the betting, eleven are Irish trained. <laughs> Fun, funny enough, the one I fancy a little bit is the one that isn't Irish trained. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think um, Queen's uh, Queen's Gamble, the one of Oliver Sherwood's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to beat the Irish, but I was so impressed. I mean, it's won, it's won t- uh, twice, both at Cheltenham, one on the old course, one on the new. So impressive in both of those races. Then it went to market racing last time, and I just think it, it just didn't perform there. I just don't think market racing suited it. Pro- possibly... Um, Sherwood maybe he's left a bit to work on as well so mm. probably wasn't 100% that there but those two wins at Cheltenham for me they have been as impressive as anything the Irish have done um, and I just think around about 16 to 1 um, yeah. you know it's probably it's probably the value for me but I mean we just don't know how good the, the Willie Mullins battalion are I mean yeah. you know 
I mean, most of them have been winning with their heads in the chest. We just, it's guesswork, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Charlie, how about you? I fancy Dream to Share. I fancy the John Keely horse. Yeah, I thought that was really impressive. Uh, maybe it wasn't beating Willie's A, A team uh, at the Dublin Racing Festival. I was very impressed with it. And J, not alone, JP, of course, has bought it since. Still um, runs for uh, John Keely and... Um, <clears throat> I don't know rides. Patrick, I presume, will ride it for me, but he'll have the Willie Mullins. Um, <clears throat> so, sorry, Patrick Mullins certainly won't. I, I presume it'll still be a, a Gleason who'll ride it. But yes, I, I was taken with this, and I think he probably should be favourite. Uh, I think he's achieved more. It was a grade two that he won. He's unbeaten in three starts, and I thought he was very impressive. I just thought he had to just give him a squeeze, and he went away. The problem is, it probably you know, Willie should know where he stands with the set horse who finished second, who's I think about sixth in the Willie Mullins betting for the champion uh, champion bumper, which is a slight concern. It's for me was visually very impressive. I, I would imagine he'd be the one that Patrick will ride, but uh, dream to share for me in the uh, in the bumper. Yeah. Um... And now I just want to touch on the uh, cross country. Um, uh, Charlie, I'll come to you first. Um, do you think uh, Delta Work deserves to be this short uh, to follow up last year's win? Yeah, I think so. I think it's 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 been geared towards this. If you know, um, if he can beat Tiger Roll, um, I know the ground came in his in his favour last year, but I, I think that they geared this towards. Um, um, the cross-country race and then the Grand National, and I, I, I think he'll take all the beating. If Alan saying the bumper is is a is a race that not not saying leaves him cold, the, the cross-country wouldn't be my number one. It, it it had a bit more lustre when Tiger Row was running, and of course you know it, it gained a, a bit more prominence. But it w really wouldn't be for me. I don't want to be a sort of you know, a, a snob or whatever the things. It's just not a race that I'd be much more interested. Say, for example, in the Coral Cup. Than I would be in the cross country race. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Alan? Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it's you know, it's down to Delta Work or Galvin, isn't it? I mean, Galvin's never never been over the uh, cross country fences before, but evidently it's been skilled scaling well over them at home. Mm. Um, I think there's very little between them on the form over park courses. Uh, it's difficult to see anything else getting into it really. Um, I mean. You know, I mean, them two um, are rated way above anything else. And, you know, you take your pick, really. You know, whether Galvin's a bit better value at round, I think you can get about three to one for it. as against 11 to 10 Delta work. But again, it's probably not a race I'll be involved in. No, I agree with that. I think, um, I think it was Jamie Codd got asked about Galvin on a, on a preview show. Um, and he sort of pulled an excited face. So whether that tells you they think he's going to run a big race or what, but like you say, I think it might just come down to the fact that he's three to one and Delta works evens. And if there's not much rain about, Galvin could be the play in that one, maybe. And it was interesting what Gordon Elliott said. He said if it wasn't for having conflated in the Gold Cup, he would have run Galvin in the Gold Cup. Um, wow. So, you know, obviously there's confidence there with both of them. So yeah. The difference here is Delta works, you know, run over it, it, it's run over the fences and uh, you really know what you know what you're going to get from it. Whereas Galvin, you know, yeah, 
Uh, right, so before you two leave us, um, I've just got one more question to ask. We've looked at the first two days of the festival. Um, so from those two days only, if you had to nominate your best bet at this point, uh, what would it be? Uh, Alan, we'll start with you first on this one. Well, Ed Edward Stone. Simple as that. Yeah. Uh -huh. By seven lengths. Well, maybe <laughs> have seven, but yeah. I've been looking at over four anyway. Over four, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Charlie, how about you? I've got one for each day. Uh, honeysuckle in the mares. I, I don't get this sort of, you know, that she's lost. You know, of course, she's not as good as she was. But nine-year-old can win this. And I can't understand if he wins this why she can't run in the entry hurdle as well. And, you know, what she got to lose. Two and a half miles perfect for a flat track. You know, I, I think that's a perfect race for her as well. All this talk of, of retirement premature in my eyes. Um and day two, we haven't touched on the the Coral Cup, but I'm a massive Comprend fan. Oh, that uh, makes two of us, Charlie. <laughs> you know, it, well, well, thanks, Alan. I I swore when the the, the rain came um, last year, and it still finished second. Then went to Punchestown, and it rained again. Yeah. And I, I I backed it and told everybody that the rains come, so we can't win, and it did win, and it's two pounds lower. And there, it would appear that everything is, you know, and you can still get um, 12 to 1 for that. And I did mention Sans Segal earlier yeah. in the piece as well. And I have backed that. I think it's still 20 to 1 around with Bet365 for the Grand Annual, which, sorry, is on the Wednesday rather than the Tuesday. Um, Dino Blue is, again, somebody there that I, I think has got a, a big chance, but I worry about a big field. She ran poorly in the Mers last year. And so um, Honeysuckle, day one, Compromise. And also Sensegal, but Sensegal is number 31. Will he get a run? I don't know. Like Jane Williams and David Noonan. And I think David Noonan will get a big job soon. I must say, I think he's running. Whether he'll get, you know, take over from um, Tom Scudamore or David Pipes, I don't know. But I've been very, very impressed with him in uh, all, all the season. Yeah. Alan, did you want to add anything from the Coral Cup? Because we didn't go over. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the comment yeah. on. Camp as, camp as well. I mean, it was fourth in the race last year, then it went on to win at Punchestown. I mean, it's £2 lower now, and it's obviously been trained with this race in mind for some time. It's, I think it's almost certain to get its ground. Uh, I mean, it's number 40 at the moment. It should get a run, um, but I just think it looks, you know, everything about it ticks all the boxes for me. Mm. Um, I, can, I can say Phillips, Philip Hobbs having a good double on the second day with the uh, <laughs> Time hell it is. <laughs> That'd be nice for him. Um, yeah. Just before we finish, is, do either of you want to touch on the uh, the whip rules at the moment? Um, just how do you think this is going to affect Cheltenham? Um, could 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 some jockeys be getting bans that are going to sort of rule them out of entry? Like, will that be in their heads? Um, Charlie, we'll go to you first on that. Whether it's in their heads, and these are professional sports people, I appreciate that, you know, the rules are there um, <clears throat> and they have had time. Certainly, sorry, the British riders have had time. The Irish riders have got to come to terms with it. Yeah, it is. It is a concern of more worrying, of course, is, is if a horse um, finishes first past the post and gets disqualified, whether it be on the day or at a later date because of, of the whip. And, of course, that then goes into the you know, into the front pages of newspapers rather than the back pages. And it goes to the uh, front of news rather than sort of the sports news uh, at the end of, of news bulletins. It, you know, the, the, the rules that people uh, have got to um, 
but you know it, it is difficult you know to me i'm old enough to remember when you know irish jockeys used to come over and they were overzealous with not a pro cush with a proper stick um and we don't want to see horses coming into the uh back into winners and the unsaddling enclosures wheeled with marks of course we don't but does that i've never i haven't seen that but of course i'm you know uh, i'm i don't go on the race courses often uh, as i used to of course we don't want that but to, to me you know the difference between sort of four or five you had to feel for sort of charlotte jones you know where they do seem to be picking on sort of lower at, at the moment now of course more and more high profile yes we are going to get fans from the Cheltenham festival we are but uh, i i wonder it will come to a it, it's got to come to a head i suppose with a major disqualification before it sort of I, I think focus is let's hope it's not at Cheltenham, let's hope it's not in the Gold Cup, let's know it's not in the Grand National. Um, but the we, you know, the BHA have laid down the, the laws, they've had plenty of time, the jockeys, and let's hope they adapt both on both sides of the Irish Sea. The likelihood is, though, it is going to come in one of them big races when there's so much on the line. That is almost when there's going to be a mistake or where someone will feel it's worth doing to win the race, you know? I've just got that feeling it's gonna it's it's gonna come to the fore at Cheltenham, which won't be good for sport. Um, Alan, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I just hope the welfare issue doesn't overshadow the racing uh, at the festival. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know the timescale exactly as to as to whether if they received a ban at Cheltenham, whether that would affect um, whether they'll be riding at the entry or not, which is obviously four weeks after. Mm. Um, it's interesting as well that most of the, most of the bands so far have been given to inexperienced jockeys, amateurs, conditionals. Um, so it's up to the professionals. I mean, they know the rules now. But as you say, you know, if there's three horses jumping the last in the Gold Cup, they're not going to, um, you know. How many times? I mean, you know, I mean, for me, that um, when. Adrian Maguire won on cool ground. I've never seen a horse mm. given such a hard race as, as yeah. I mean, there was I think three or four of them on the run in there. The friend, uh, there was the fellow, uh, cool ground, Docklands Express. And, um, you know, if we get something like that, I dread to think. Um, yeah. I mean, to put it in perspective, I think cool ground obviously won that Gold Cup. The following year, it was entered for the Whitbread and it was out of the handicap. That's how much it deteriorated. Mm. Um, you know, so, but the, you know, the professional jockeys, the Northern Rails and, you know, whether, you know, whether in the heat of the battle they can stick to them, I don't know, but I just hope that the welfare issue doesn't overshadow the racing. Yeah. Okay, so that's everything from the first episode of Odds On Podcast, Cheltenham Special. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, to look at days three and four of the meeting with Alan and Charlie, plus the second part of our interview with Tom Bellamy. Uh, Alan, Charlie, thanks for joining in and offering your insight to the listeners. Uh, don't forget that you can view Alan and Charlie's daily horse racing tips on freebets.com throughout the year. 